Hey, it's Jay, and it's time for another one-shot. These are the short-form monologue episodes that we run as a complement to the longer-form narratives. Before we begin today, some important context. I think the way we understand story has grown stale. There's a whole body of knowledge and maybe even group of thinkers which hasn't evolved in a while. I call that Story 1.0, and I think the movement to Story 2.0 is the movement between good stories that can grip the audience and effective stories that move them. In our journey to do work that matters more, if we don't inspire reflection and action in others, we haven't really done our jobs. I don't have many answers on this front yet, just lots of questions I'd like to explore. What does it take to evolve our storytelling from a basic understanding of what a story is or maybe how to execute it to a story that feels personal, powerful, profound, something that can move other people? I'll try to work through these questions with you on this show and also in my newsletter, so make sure you subscribe for free using the link in your show notes or visit jayaconzo.com to get on that newsletter. I welcome your replies as I try to figure out this idea of story 2.0 together with you. Okay, on to today's episode, which I called You Are Wu-Tang. The song ended and the veteran artist just shook his head and smiled. He said, I have zero, zero, zero notes. Sitting to his right was a younger singer-songwriter. She had been staring at the floor the entire time her song was playing for the veteran artist. She didn't really have much of an expression on, but she quickly snapped to attention once the song finished. It was 2016, and the artist Pharrell Williams was sitting next to the student Maggie Rogers. This was three years before Maggie Rogers would be nominated for a Grammy as Best New Artist. Before she was, well, Maggie Rogers, she was a student at NYU's Clive Davis Institute of Recorded Music, and she was struggling to make things that made her proud. Pharrell had dropped by her class to give some notes to each student, and when it was Maggie's turn, she just started staring at the floor. After he said he had zero notes, he said something that, honestly, I think about at least once a week. Just for context, the song that Maggie produced and the song that floored Pharrell was Alaska. As of this writing, it's been streamed over 180 million times on Spotify alone, and it helped turn Maggie Rogers into, well, Maggie Rogers. So what did Pharrell say to her? What caused the student version of Maggie, before she became a professional singer-songwriter, to change the expression on her face from, oh no, to, oh damn? Here's what Pharrell had to say. I have zero 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 notes for that and i'll tell you why is because you're doing your own thing it's singular it's like when the wu-tang clan came out like no one could really judge it you either liked it or you didn't but you couldn't compare it to anything else and that is such a special quality and all of us possess that ability but you have to be willing to You have to be willing to, to seek, and you have to be willing to be like real frank in your music and frank in your choices. And sometimes like, you'll, you know, most, time, most of the time people will say, okay, I'm gonna make this kind of song. So it ends up sounding like something we've heard before or yeah. felt before, you know? And I feel like what you, you know, your whole story, I can hear it in the music. If you're a student and you hear Pharrell say that, it's hard not to go from oh no to oh damn. The other day I was interviewed on a podcast as a guest, and the host asked me, 
So Jay, how can marketers learn to do story better? Understand I came out of marketing and so I get a question like this fairly frequently, but something stopped me in my tracks when I heard it phrased this way. Do story. Is that is that how we're going to say it? Really? Do story? I mean, you could write it off as just a verbal hiccup or idiosyncrasy, but I think it was something more. He was on the right trail, but got tripped up by some gnarly underbrush that grew out of the stale soil that I call the current marketing world. I think the phrasing reveals just how rarely our business culture allows us to internalize words like Pharrell's. Here, in our world, we seem to learn story as this external tactic that we do. It's like, if we just reposition the words on the homepage of the website, or these words we were going to write in a blog post, or slap it on the PowerPoint slide, well, we've done story. But in the world of Pharrell and Maggie Rogers, story is much more personal. It's not a tool you grasp and wield like some kind of mechanical thing. It's a well that you return to again and again when you need to feel alive, or you want others to feel that way too. Instead of starting their work by looking outward at the quote-unquote right way to tell stories, they start by looking inward. That's where their creative process begins. What am I trying to say? What change in others do I need to inspire? They have an obvious desire to put their fingerprints all over the work. That helps them make a dent in the universe. Wow, that's a, that's a nice phrase. Where did that idea come from? It's so perfect for the arts. Oh, right, the business world. It's from Steve Jobs. In our business world, we think of telling a story the way we think of, say, Steve Jobs on a stage, or maybe the same way we think of like running an ad on Instagram or repurposing a long video into shorter bits of video on social media. Story, like those other things, is a tactic. Add it to a checklist and consider that the work. Or that's how it seems to me. And this feels like where we got stuck with Story 1.0. We start out by knowing what works or being told what works, which is useful, but rarely do we ever stop and wonder, okay, why does this work? Whether it's story or a piece of the overall puzzle. If we did ask that question, maybe we could arrive at first principles and build up something better from that foundation. Better than the generalized best practices. We could uh, make our dent on the universe our own creative way. But we keep talking about story like it's a tool that we wield or a list of precise techniques that we have to deploy just this way. And so we search for secrets like... Pixar's 22 Rules for Storytelling, or lists of hooks to grip people and go viral on YouTube or TikTok, or something, 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 Steve Jobs, something, something. So we're trying to do story. And this kind of sounds like doing dinner. Hey, what are you doing in the kitchen, babe? Uh, I'm busy doing story. So if that's how we think, then we go, Okay, what ingredients do I need and what steps do I need to take to make this dish look like it does in the picture and fast? The work becomes a chore, or what's known as telic work, T-E-L-I-C, telic. Telic is done to a definite end. In other words, a chore. It's not done for the process itself. It's not intrinsically motivating. It does not come from within. We want to abstract it away or outsource it to something else. We want to do story. But to be better at doing dinner... What if we became chefs? To be better at doing story, what if we became storytellers? I think there's a difference, and the difference lies in what Pharrell Williams was talking about. Although he didn't cite these exact things, it's the messy collection of personal stuff where you have to begin to act like a true, effective storyteller. It's your posture. 
the way you see yourself and the world. And your work then becomes a connective tissue between yourself and the world. Knowing how to structure a story or knowing the 22 rules from Pixar does not guarantee that outcome. It's all on you to make the work original, to ensure that you as the storyteller are undeniably present, just like Pharrell said that Maggie Rogers was. So maybe this is the evolution of story from 1.0 to 2.0. I said it's the movement from good to effective storytelling, but maybe what we're actually trying to achieve here is to stop trying to do something and start trying to be something. It's less about story and more about the storyteller and how they, sorry, let me start that again, how you actually shape the work. The idea that we shape the work is often kind of left to chance. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm involved in the work, so naturally I'll make it somehow unique because it's pressed through my perspective or my lens. But, but maybe we need to take a more proactive role in understanding exactly how to bring that forth. It's not what we do, it's what we are, and learning how to actually use that. After all, we don't do leadership, we become leaders. We don't do parenting, we become parents. We don't do story. We become storytellers. But how? I think Story 1.0 was all about one piece of the mastery of our craft. Process. And that's great. We need that. That got us here. But we don't just need the process. And the process is the thing that requires us the least. It can be a checklist. It can be stolen or borrowed or taught. We also need the posture and the practice of a storyteller. And those things come from within. Posture is the way you see yourself and the world. It's your confidence, your clarity of vision, your bravery to do certain things, certain ways, all of which makes the work wholly your own. It's the messy bag of humanity that you haul with you when you start to do the work. Practice is just that. It's the repetition, the reflection, and the reinvention. You do a thing, you think about it, you learn about it, you do it better. Over and over and over. Tiny motions turned into lifelong habits. That seems to be missing out there in Storyland. We get taught the process stuff or can find it pretty easily, and we rarely talk about the posture and the practice. But if we started with those things, I would bet we would develop a better process, one much more tailored to each of us in our specific situations. That is what I hear when I hear Pharrell call something singular. You're doing your own thing. It's singular, he says. And that is such a special quality. The posture is there in that quote, and the practice is paying dividends in that way. And so you can't critique the process. It was built by and for Maggie Rogers. He can't really critique her because she showed up and fully said, this is Maggie Rogers. And who is Pharrell to say, no, that's wrong. That's not Maggie Rogers. When we become so focused on doing our own things, the practice, and we trust ourselves to do it that way, our posture, then we find our own ways of doing it, the process. We do something singular as a result because we rely more heavily on the things that make us singular beings. And, as Pharrell continues, all of us possess that ability. But you have to be willing to... You have to be willing to seek. Now, for as flippant as most advice sounds that sounds like be you, I think being you in the work is actually difficult and pretty intimidating work to try and do. So within the pause by Pharrell, and he does pause there, you have to be willing to pause. You have to be willing to seek. 
In that pause, I think most of us feel gripped by fear and decide to turn away. We try to get ourselves off the hook. And so we retreat into these very warm and cozy confines of our comfort zones or somebody else's established expertise. This idea that 22 rules or seven steps are all we need. In moments when we are invited by the work to seek, others say to us on the internet, hey, no need, I'm the expert, here's what I've found. And that's helpful. Again, I don't want to discount the value in that. But still, it should be viewed as incrementally helpful, not fundamental to the job. It's all out there if we need it later, but ideally we won't need it. We all should be too busy in the practice, busy figuring out how to bring more of us to the work so that we don't have time for all that external stuff. Experts tend to say, don't seek, I've already found it. And that's really tempting, but it's really dangerous to listen to. It's like the siren song for storytellers. All three Ps are learnable as we master our craft, the process, the posture, and the practice. But only the first seems to get much attention, the process. That's story 1.0. The exploration that you and I are on likely takes us deeper in our work towards the more personal stuff that actually doesn't feel as defined or even concrete. We need to make it that way, though. We need to use it proactively in our work. It's not about the thing we do. It's about the things that we are. Now, maybe I'm weird. Maybe I don't need to use the word maybe there. But I think the object of our work is not to become an expert in story. It's to become an expert in yourself, in your community, in the vision that you have, the problems you're trying to solve. It's much more about self-awareness than story awareness and all the external factors that go into it that an expert would hand you. This is about posture. Do you approach the work as a storyteller would? Nobody is going to ask you to tell a story. Nobody's going to be interviewing you someday and say, before you answer this question, um, please respond in story. No, you just decide to do that. You bring the posture of a storyteller. And this is also about the practice. Do you have a routine, a creative operating system? Do you ship weekly, every other week? Do you ship on Wednesdays or Fridays? Is it in text? Is it in audio? Is it multimedia? Is it a video? Is it a design? What are you shipping and on what cadence? That tends to take care of all the problems like writer's block, imposter syndrome, needing inspiration to strike. It's funny how shipping on a cadence tends to take care of most problems that creative people say they have. The posture and the practice. Most of the time when we do our work, we say, okay, I'm going to make this kind of thing. And so, as Pharrell says, it ends up sounding like something we've heard before, felt before, you know? But just as he could hear Maggie's whole story in her music, your whole story ought to matter in your work. You should use it. We should sense it. Because it's singular. Your posture, your practice, and your own self-made, perfectly customized process, those things are far more valuable to your cause than anything others claim that they've found for you. But to find them, and to use them, and to benefit from them, you have to be willing to... You have to be willing to... To seek. Thanks for listening. This episode was written, edited, and produced by me, Jay Akunzo, with help from Alana Nevins. And I want to remind you that even though I haven't launched this publicly, you have access, if you know where to look. 
to my new membership program for professional communicators trying to achieve their full creative potential. It's called the Creator Kitchen, and it provides three things I think we miss out in the world as we get more experienced, more ambitious, and care more about quality and craft than the average individual we find on social media. The Kitchen provides immersion in my work, my behind-the-scenes process, and the work of other people like me and you. Immersion feedback that's personalized coming from me and other high-level creators to your ideas and drafts and practice live sessions from master classes to creator roundtables co-working days and workshops guided by me and others to get your work done with greater confidence and clarity listeners to the show get a hundred dollars off their membership using the code unthinkable with all caps that's unthinkable written in all capital letters for a hundred dollars off at creatorkitchen.com Things get better when you make better things. CreatorKitchen.com. I'm back in two weeks with a brand new episode of the show. But until then, keep making what matters. See ya.